Hey everyone, welcome to the Communication Coach Podcast, where I'm going to help you to create successful change through powerful and honest conversations. I am your host, Nikki Perfect. Hey everybody and welcome to episode 52 of the Communication Coach. I hope you're well, having a great day, whatever you're doing. And today I have titled this episode, episode 52, um, called The Passing of a Friend and Three Lessons I Have Learned. So I'm going to share with you a story of something that's happened to me, well not to me, to somebody else over the last week and how on reflection I thought about what has happened, how it's happened, the impact and the things that I have learned from the person that we're talking about. Now I don't have anybody's permission to do this podcast so I'm going to keep them nameless but this week very sadly um, a person I knew who did a lot of writing on Twitter has passed away for an I don't know exactly why or how it's happened. What I can tell you about them is they're a young person. They've had mental health issues over the last few years or many years. Uh, They're anorexic and they have also before attempted to take their own life but uh, not been successful. Now, I'm not going to speculate on how they've died or why they've died because I don't really feel that that's important for this because this is about communication and this is about how we communicate with each other and this is about learning and every event that happens in our life we can take from it and we can move forward. First of all, I'd like to say it, it had a bigger impact on me than I expected to have and it was an incredibly sad passing and my thoughts and prayers are with all of those who knew her and especially her close family and friends. Uh, These are the experiences sadly in life that happen on a far too regular basis that young people um, die and we lose some great talent uh, from the world and for me personally I believe that the world is Um, a sadder and less brighter place without this person in it but also I want to share their strength and their passion and their commitment to making the world a better place in sharing their experiences with people and how they have learned from it and helping others to learn from it and now I've had many conversations uh, especially on Twitter with this person And we've talked a lot about mental health and about especially policing in mental health and how uh, the police don't always get it right in their approach. Now, that's not a judgment. That is a statement of fact. And I wouldn't say that they get it wrong. What I would say is that sometimes we are not given the tools and the equipment and the training, especially the training. And I was a great believer in negotiation and communication training and really believe that if you could get that training into frontline officers then that would really help them and help the people that they're talking with. Now I'm not saying at all that I have all the answers. (laughs) I wish I did 
I learn every day. I have been lucky enough to have some amazing experiences in sharing people's stories and their life history, working with groups who work um, with people who have got mental health illness and have mental health illness themselves, and I've learned an incredible amount. You see, I can only come at life from my perspective, which is the perspective of a 50-year-old white middle-class woman with my experiences and my upbringing and my values and beliefs. So it's really good to be able to talk to people who have completely different opinions, who also have had different experiences. You know, I've never wanted to, or never been in a position where I've wanted to take my my own life. Um, I've never felt like I wanted to die. And sadly, many people do because they see it as a way out from the pain and from the torture that they're suffering at the time. And having spoken to a lot of people who have who have wanted to die, they say that afterwards they realise it may maybe not the death that they wanted, but it was the escape from the traumatic, the challenge, the mental aspect, the physical aspect that they wanted relief from. I suppose that's quite a good word to describe it from relief. Now, I have no idea about whether this is the same in this situation, and I'm not even going to speculate on it. But what I am going to just share with you is is what I learnt from those conversations. And I find it is interesting that we come at life from our own perspective. And I often use the phrase, it's all about you, because it is, and it's all about me, and it's all about my perspective. So, you know, this is my perspective, but these are the lessons that I've learned, which hopefully will help you. Uh, the first one I'm going to say is, I've seen a lot of posts around um blame from other people blaming themselves that they didn't see signs that they should have seen signs so one of the big biggest life lessons i've learned and that's been reinforced by this this week is that all of us have a secret that we all have our own story and i don't mean secret in a big bad way you know if any of my friends are listening to this i don't have any secrets (laughs) but what i mean by that is we don't share everything that we're thinking and that we're feeling and we on a persona to the world of what we feel people might want to see and I definitely include myself in this you know there are there are days and weeks and months and years in my life that have been incredibly challenging and incredibly difficult but it's kind of like you walk out the front door you put the smile on your face and you get on with it and we're very good at doing that especially as part of our culture in the UK we're very good at doing that and sometimes we don't reach out and we for whatever reason it might be that we think that people won't uh take us seriously or perhaps they don't want to hear about our problems or we don't want to be judged you know often people will give us their opinion and problem solve for us and sometimes that's not what we want sometimes we just want to be listened to and just share that problem and so we put on a persona where we know what the acceptable behavior is and we don't share exactly how we're feeling with anybody it's our thought processes it's our decision making it's our life and nobody else has the right to interfere with that and i again i don't mean that in a negative way and i'm just sharing what i believe to be true i'm happy to be challenged on it at any stage i'm happy to be wrong you know (laughs) i don't make podcasts to be right i'm just sharing what i believe to be true so I believe that, you know, when you, you, you talk to a lot of people, it's, I'll give you a classic example of how 
in language we do this is in negotiation, especially in my early days, I remember standing talking to a lady who wanted to take her own life and she said, nobody cares about me. So during the conversation, she said, nobody cares about me. And I said to her, I care about you. And she automatically said to me, how can you possibly care about me? You know nothing about me. And in a way, she's right. I care about people. Of course, I care about people, but that is all about me. So when I say to somebody, I care about you, which is an automatic response, because we want to get over that empathy and show somebody that actually they're not alone in the world and that we are there and we do care about them because we, we, you know, we want them to be safe and happy and well. That is all about us and what we want. And if you don't know somebody well, and you say that you're likely to get that reaction of how can you possibly care about me? You know nothing about me. You know nothing about my life. And perhaps you can relate to this. Perhaps you've had a conversation that has gone along those lines, even if you do know the person. And and we'll often say, don't judge me. You know, don't judge me because you don't know anything about me. And we'll often say that when someone's riled us or, or they are making a judgment about us and they're verbalizing it, you know. We're very quick, I believe, as humans, to gossip about other people behind their back. And we don't know the story, but we'll make a judgment about it. And then we look to reaffirm our judgment by talking to other people about it. And then all that we do is, is talk about somebody else without even knowing what they're going through. And, and I believe we're very quick to do that. And that's something that all of us can work on to improve because it doesn't have to be that way. And when we do judge people when we get that pushback or when we say words that ha- have no meaning. So it's l- it's almost like it's a hollow sentence to the other person. And I'm not saying in any way, shape or form that when you say it, you don't mean it because of course you do. You absolutely do. And you're saying it for all the right intentions. But from the other person's perspective, perhaps, and again, this might not be true. I'm just talking about my experiences of when I have said that to people, is that all you are doing is saying the same words that other people have said to them. And then the actions that they meet day on, day in, is not that of people caring. Perhaps they're trying to get help and they can't get help. Perhaps they live on their own and it's incredibly lonely. Perhaps they don't have many friends or any friends. Just because we have friends and we come at it from a perspective, well, somebody must care about you in the world, doesn't mean that that's how they feel. Now, it might be there are many people that care about them in the world. But right there, right there, in that moment, they feel alone. And sometimes when we feel alone and we feel that people don't understand what we're going through, when we hear those words, well, you know, I care or somebody must care about you, it doesn't feel like they understand and recognise what we're going through. So if we can say, well, gosh, you sound really alone or you, you sound isolated, then we can open up that conversation rather than get the pushback. So people are more likely to open up a conversation with us when we recognise how they are feeling and not what we want to say about it to make them feel better because that's about us. I hope that makes sense. So uh, so that's the first thing I've learned. And it's, sa- it's the same with kids or with uh, family and friends. So, for example, if your kid comes home and says, uh, so-and-so said I was really ugly today. Now, our instincts as a parent are to wrap them up and give them loads of love and say, gosh, you're not, you're beautiful, darling. You know, you're not ugly, you're beautiful. But again, all we're doing there is what we believe to be true 
about reassuring them and helping helping them by saying those words. And again, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, and we can do that. But perhaps another way of doing it is to say something along the the lines of, "Gosh, that sounds like that really hurt you." And then we're recognizing how they feel, and then later on we can go into the you know I I love you and you're beautiful after we've recognized how they feel because that helps them to realize that we're in the moment with them. I think that's probably the best way that I can describe that is being in the moment with them and feeling their feeling. So that's the first lesson is don't make the judgment on when people say words like nobody cares about me or they say something very negative. Don't automatically come back with the positive of that when somebody is in a challenging or crisis situation and they just want to be heard and listened to, if you're able to recognise the emotion and label it and reflect it back to somebody, then you're more likely to keep that rapport going with them and then help the conversation to move forward. Certainly what I found through my experience. Lesson number two is we do come at everything from our perspective and this is and I've talked about this before, but this is... This week really kind of honed that down for me. You know, we all will all make a judgment on people. We all come at the world from our own perspective. And we'll all look for a reason as to why. So of course, we'll look for a reason why something's to happen. And sometimes we don't have the reasons. Sometimes we'll never have the answers. And sometimes that will eat us up even more than the actual act. So when we lose somebody, um, especially in a way we weren't expecting or a sudden way, there will always be many, many questions that will gnaw away at how we feel and how we can move forward. Again, I'm not saying that there is anything wrong with that. I'm just recognising it, that the lesson that I learnt from this this week is, you know, it's for me and I'm sure for many other people, it was, why? How has this happened? I can't believe it. Everything seemed to be okay. You know, um, she seemed to be doing so much better. She had a job that she loved. Everything was much brighter. And all of those never-ending questions that circle around your brain is that why, 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 why? And actually, we don't have the answers. And probably never will have the answer. We'll make it up according to what we believe to be true. And then sometimes we might even flip that over and blame ourselves around, I didn't see this, I could have seen this, how did I miss this? And and that's they're all natural instincts. They're all natural parts of the grieving process of experiencing a huge loss and again I'm not saying that we shouldn't do any of these things I'm just recognizing that that's what we do because I honestly believe if we can recognize more about who we are as people and how we react and respond it helps us to learn and to move forward and create better relationships and to learn from those experiences which I'm sure I'm sure that when we look back at the people we've lost, that that's what people would want. But again, you know, <laughs> I appreciate that's that's my perspective, and I'd certainly want that from others. Um, and then the last one, uh, lesson three, is just being with somebody. I think you know, 
hindsight is a great thing and I'm not this is not about you know making more time for this particular person or anything like that again that's not what I mean but in life sometimes I think we are not in life together and we spend a lot of time on phones and on mobile devices and you see all the time when you go out to the restaurants these days you'll see like friends or family or couples sitting there both on their mobile phones not even interacting with each other being with that other person in the moment and we also know from research and from social studies into human behavior that we're incredibly social social creatures social animals and we like the company of other people we like to be with each other and actually the results that you get from any relationship from being in the moment with somebody is amazing and you can do these experiments on your yourselves with your friends and your family is rather than being sat, sat sat on the sofa on the phone or in a different world from the other person just spending 15 minutes 15 minutes that's not a lot of time just with that person in the moment no mobile phones no distractions no nothing just being there talking together and the strength that you get in any relationship whether this is with your child or with your partner it's been shown to improve that relationship and you can see it. I do this and I, I, I know how close I am to my partner or to Meg on a day-to-day basis and it's those times when we've done something together and it doesn't have to be complex or complicated but when we've just spent moments 15 minutes in a day sharing and laughing and talking the relationship is stronger and you can feel it and it just feels so much stronger and so much better and you don't have to do anything amazing and I remember when I uh, was working with a group called Hear Us, who are a charity in Croydon, I was talking to a lady that was initially involved in founding that. And she speaks to a lot of people in crisis. Um, They provide a platform for people who are going through crisis and people who have already been it, who sort of like do volunteer work to help other people going through similar situations. And she says something that, that I will never forget, and that was about being in silence with somebody on the telephone now silence is an incredibly powerful tool and we're we're so full-on in life that we often don't take time just to sit and be in silence with somebody and you know when you're in the most rapport with anybody because you don't actually have to talk because you can just be there like you can just sit in the garden with a cup of tea and just be together or you can be with a friend and you can just sit quietly and still be together. And I always remember her saying, because you get taught about using silence and how to use it. And I always remember her saying that sometimes when it's been a really tense or intense conversation, she would just say to the person on the end of the phone, you know what, I'm right here for you. We've, we've spoken a lot. Let's just take some time and let's just let's just be. And they would just sit on the phone and spend time, time reflecting, time gathering their thoughts. There was no need to speak. And I implemented that in some of the negotiations that I did, just telling the person I'm still there. And it, it's an incredibly powerful thing to do 
to be in that silence with somebody, not having to make that conversation, but both recognising that you're there for each other. So they're the three things that I've learnt, or the three things, not that I've learnt, but that I've had reaffirmed this week that I thought I'd share with you. Um, when somebody passes, especially when they go suddenly, I always feel um, very confused. Could could I have done more? What could we do? What can we learn? How do we move on? And often it takes time to move on as well. And different different circumstances will impact us more. And I think, you know, when it's a young person where you believed that the future looked bright for them, it makes it that little bit harder. And again, there's nothing wrong with that. This is just me sharing my thoughts about this week with you and the free lessons that I've learned. And I genuinely hope you find that useful. And if you are going through a grieving process at the moment, if you are alone or you are experiencing something that is troubling you, you know, I'll reach out to you. Please get in contact. There are lots of other people who provide in support services. Um, I won't say you're not alone because you probably feel that you are alone and you probably feel that nobody understands what you're going through specifically. I certainly know there's been times in my life where I've I've honestly believed that people just didn't know what I was going through and that nobody else in the world had experienced the same thing as I had and, and found it quite comforting and reassuring to know that there were other people that had been through something similar to me or were going through something similar to me and able to get support from them. That worked for me. That might not work for you. I'm just throwing it out there as a suggestion. Okay, well, I hope you have a great week, whatever you're doing, and I will look forward to speaking to you next. Please let me know if there's anything specific that you want me to cover in these podcasts, and take good care of yourselves. Hey, everybody, Nikki again. Hope you enjoyed today's podcast, and thank you for joining me. You can find me on social media at Nikki Coms Coach at Twitter and The Communication Coach on Facebook and thecommunicationcoach.co.uk. Please like, share and review and I look forward to speaking to you soon.